from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. June 12 edition of VK National News from the WIA and random hacks of kindness. In Silicon Valley, USA, where the latest geek-type innovations are celebrated, a group of hackers is creating new purposes for old technology. Random Hacks of Kindness has, like many smart things born in the region, quickly spread around the globe. The idea sprang from a community of hackers working on code for the good of humanity. Last Saturday and Sunday, hundreds of engineers gathered around the world to code for good. In Silicon Valley, the event was held at Google's Mountain View campus. Similar gatherings occurred at 17 other locations, from Toronto to Bangalore. It's not just about reinventing the wheel, but using the wheel for new purposes, said Chris Messina, a Google employee whose title is Open Web Advocate and who participated in the third official Random Hacks of Kindness held this past weekend. When the internet goes down or when you lose the resources you depend on, we need to create new solutions, he said. Maybe figuring out ways to to use ham radio systems during disasters. Now, you wouldn't think of the ham radio as bleeding-edge technology, he said, but it will work when other technology won't, when infrastructure goes down. It's sort of like Twitter for truckers. Using it for disasters, that's the hack. It's very cheap and can be massively deployed if necessary. 800 megs. Nine News through the week reported on the Australian Communication and Media Authority's review of radio frequency spectrum in the 800 megahertz band. It noted fresh emergency radio frequencies could be set aside for emergency services in the wake of the summer of cyclones, storms and floods. Federal Attorney-General Robert McClelland has released the terms of reference for a committee which is looking to equip police, fire, ambulance and counter-terrorism agencies with what he describes as reliable and robust mobile broadband capability. The government is determined to make this technology available to our agencies, Mr McClelland said. This presents the opportunity to build a new dedicated mobile broadband capability for emergency response organisations. Currently, they access that capability through commercial carriers. WIA News and Peter VK4OD as the RD contest manager has had to make the decision that this year's contest, while the start time will remain as shown in the 2010 rules, as posted on the WIA website. It seems he had no reply from the WIA directors as to exactly what the new time was to be and software writers for the major contest loggers needed that info quick smart. In further news, this time dealing with the WIA and Clive, VK4 Alpha Charlie Charlie was just one of many, in fact close on 100 hams at the Darwin meeting of the WIA at their AGM weekend. Myself and wife Kay were fortunate enough to recently attend the WIA AGM and annual conference in Darwin. I sincerely like to thank all who participated, organised or contributed to this event. It was a wonderful event at a wonderful location. My wife Kay would also like to thank Greg, the bus driver, for his friendly manner in conducting the XYL Partners Tour of Darwin. It was good to catch up with some old friends, in particular Richie, VK8RR, who was at VK4RR from Central Highlands in VK4 years ago. And the VK8 bus driver Greg 
was a VK4 in Gladstone. The AGM and conference were enjoyable and friendly. Thanks to all who took part and participated, we'll try and see you all again in Mildura for the next annual AGM and conference of the WIA. I'm Clive, VK4ACC from Rockhampton and District Amateur Radio Club. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. From Castledon in North Brisbane, it is transmitted on 7.130 MHz at 2300 UTC Saturdays. I'm Paul, VK4, Bravo Golf Tango. Hams across Australia. I'm Graham, VK4BB. We're looking at VK2. The Parks Film Society is embarking on a fundraiser to raise money to purchase a projector to greatly improve the clarity and brightness of films screened at the M&D Little Theatre. This projector will allow for high-definition screenings. One of the other advantages of a proper venue projector is the ability to do outdoor screenings, Conrad Mill, Parks Film Society president, said. Now, the idea is that people will bring their car and kids and they would use an inflatable screen and low-powered FM transmitters to allow people to view the movie and listen to it on their own radios. VK3 and VK3GT and VK3SN will be leading a team of intrepid friends on a backcountry adventure as they ski across the Bogong Plains again this year. The group will be up in the Victorian Alps, above 1,800 metres, in what is expected to be some of the best winter snow for many years. They will once again be using rugged ultralight solar power gear with homebrew antennas to work 20 and 40 metres each afternoon and at night 80 metres. They'll move across the white snowy wilderness by day, setting up camp at night in remote huts, snow caves and even igloos. Listen out for them from August 15 to 19, calling CQ from the roof of Victoria. Still in VK3. Hello, this is Peter VK3PF, President of the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club in Lollatrobe Valley, Victoria. Are you interested in working long distances on the VHF, UHF and microwave bands? Then consider attending the annual Gippsland Technical Conference, Gippstech, held at Churchill each July. Learn about the latest developments in techniques and equipment and discuss any issues that you have with the many knowledgeable amateurs present. Presentations this year range from how to cheaply recycle coaxial crimp connectors through to the setting up of a complete solar-powered remote radio station, one amateur's solution for his local QRM. Hear all about the latest developments in an amateur chirp radar system and how it allows you to determine how propagation is working. All this and more over two days of information and fellowship. Gipstech 2011 will be held over the weekend of July 9 and 10. Registrations for this popular event close by July 1. Further details can be found at the club website or the w's.vk3bez.org. From Gipstech to VK7 and July Reist's presentation is on the three R's. Resonance, reactance, resistance. Mike, VK7MJ, on July 6 at 7.30pm in the Queen's Domain Club Rooms, will present in a very practical way some basic AC theory which is aimed at the foundation and standard licensees who are looking to upgrade or as an entertaining refresher for all other amateurs. Mike will take everybody through what happens when a capacitor, inductor and resistor are connected into an AC circuit. This presentation will be a scary mathematics-free zone, so don't worry. Make sure you go along, learn and refresh your AC theory knowledge. 
produced by Q News for the WIA. This is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. I'm Jason VK2LAW, ahead of international news, it's Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio. REAST Scholarship. Secretary Tony VK7VKT is working with Newtown High School ready to start progressing five students through the steps needed to acquire their foundation licence. This comes as a part of the WIA grant that REAST were fortunate enough to secure. Now there is no doubt that with the electronics curriculum that these lads are already working through that they will complete the course with flying colours. Now of course we don't want to leave them to simply get their licence and leave them floundering, so if you're in VK7, would you like to be a mentor? REAST are looking for five amateurs who would like to keep in touch with these lads through email for the first few months after they get their licence, just to help them with the many questions we all had that we're too afraid to ask in person. This year in New Zealand, from a Nelson Branch initiative and sponsorship, a new award was introduced to recognise a 100% pass mark, that's 60 out of 60 result in their examination, in the year preceding conference for amateurs not otherwise eligible in the Best Examination Youth Achievement Award. There were three recipients of this award for 2010, Suzette James ZL2SGC, Jonathan McKenzie ZL3JDM, and Murray Smith ZL2MJS. Well done to all of you. The best examination result went to Thomas Fellows ZL3PSG aged 16 for a pass of 55 out of 60. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. New Zealand's very worthy recipient of the Amateur of the Year Award was David Searle, ZL3DWS, for the tremendous results he achieved in his build-a-thon projects. David has recently moved from Christchurch, for obvious reasons, to Bondi, VK2 in Australia. Speaking from Australia's second favourite beach, David said, I was greatly surprised, yet proud, to learn that I had become NZART Amateur of the Year. Proud because it acknowledges the success achieved by so many Canterbury radio amateurs and beyond with the ZL3 Radio Buildathon project. Hundreds of Canterbury kids now know what amateur radio is and which end of a hot soldering iron to grab to build a simple radio. So does mum and dad, school friends and all the others who would listen to a kid so proud that his or her first radio really works. If we each share our enthusiasm for a great hobby with just one young person, their interest in radio, communicating and electronics could last a lifetime urgent notice to all amateur licensees. Over in South Africa, their body ICASA cancelled over 34,000 radio licences that have remained unpaid for the past 365 days. This includes all amateur radio licences that were unpaid for the past year. ZS Hams have been advised by the SARL. If your amateur licence was cancelled, call now and ICASA will reinstate it if you can prove payment. If you have not paid, do so now by using the information and account number on your last licence. Licence. New ARIS contact record. After spending 157 days aboard the International Space Station, ESA astronaut Paolo Nespoli, IZ0JPA, answered questions from students from 45 different schools, setting a new ARIS record for a single astronaut and probably for a married one as well. Expedition 2627 established a new ARIS record working 77 schools in 68 radio contacts during the mission. Next Mars rover being made ready for launch. 
NASA engineers are putting the finishing touches on the next rover to Mars before shipping it off to Florida for launch later this year. What's been described as a small army of technicians dressed in protective suits have been working almost non-stop inside of a clean room at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California, assembling the new rover named Curiosity and testing its science instruments. NASA says it will begin shipping spacecraft parts to Cape Canaveral beginning next month. The size of a small SUV, Curiosity will drive around Mars and study whether the planet ever had the right environment to support primitive life. The $2.5 billion project is scheduled to launch in late November. Council of Europe Advisory Committee recommends RF-free zones. The Council of Europe's Parliamentary Assembly Committee on the Environment released a report titled The Potential Dangers of Electromagnetic Fields and Their Effects on the Environment. If adopted, this could have major implications for wireless carriers and to a lesser extent broadcasters and any RF emitter in the European Union. The paper, made public on May the 6th, carries recommendations that, if adopted, could have major implications for wireless carriers and, to a lesser extent, broadcasters and any RF emitter in the European Union. In regards to standards or threshold values for emissions of electromagnetic fields of all types and frequencies, the assembly that prepared the report recommends that as low as reasonably achievable principle be applied. Now, this covering both the so-called thermal effects as well as the biological effects of electromagnetic emissions or radiation. The report's also amongst the first to give credibility to a phenomenon that most scientists and researchers have long been skeptical of. Paragraph 8.1.4 of the report recommends members, states of the Council of Europe, pay particular attention to the needs of what it calls electrosensitive persons. Now, these are people who claim that they suffer from a syndrome of intolerance to electromagnetic fields. The report suggests the introduction of special measures to protect these people. Now, this includes the creation of wave-free areas not covered by a wireless network. What effect acceptance and implementation of the recommendations would have on ham radio operations in Europe remains to be determined. The country that started the no-code licensing revolution some six decades ago has finally dropped the Morse code testing requirement for all of that nation's ham radio licensees. This with word that the Japanese Ministry of Internal Affairs has decided to scrap Morse testing for the amateur radio class 1 and 2 licenses with an effective date this coming October 1st. What amounts to Japan's version of a notice of proposed rulemaking on the Morse test was held earlier in the year. There were 39 people who responded. Following a discussion of the information the responses provided, the ministry announced that Morse telegraphy testing would be discontinued. Japan pioneered the high-frequency no-code amateur radio or Class 4 license in the 1950s, although they still required Morse for the higher license classes. The written exam for the Class 4 is roughly equivalent to the foundation exam in the United Kingdom and Australia and the discontinued USA novice. The Japan Ministry of Internal Affairs announcement on the abolishment of Morse testing is online in Google translated English at tinyurl.com slash 3s4blgx. And CQ Magazine has announced its 2011 Hall of Fame inductees, welcoming 12 new members to the CQ Amateur Radio Hall of Fame. Topping this year's list alphabetically is TV and film producer Dave Bell, W6AQ, who was chosen for this honor based on his deep involvement in producing multiple amateur radio promotional videos over the past several decades. Also from Southern California is Nate Brightman, 
K6OSC. He's credited with being the spark behind W6RO, the ham station aboard the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California. Rounding out the California contingent is Cardinal Roger Mahoney, W6QYI, the Archbishop Emeritus of Los Angeles. He was recognized for his leadership as an advocate for immigration reform. Others recognized include Ron Moorfield, W8ILC of Kettering, Ohio. Since its inception, Moorfield has been one of the guiding lights of the Dayton Hamvention. He was also recognized for his work as a coordinator of the cross-country 1984 Olympic torch relay. There was also one each member inducted into the CQDX Hall of Fame and the CQ Contest Hall of Fame. The 2011 inductee into the CQDX Hall of Fame is Michael J. McGear, K9AJ. McGear has been a leading de-expeditioner who has operated literally from the ends of the earth over nearly 30 years. The 2011 inductee to the CQ Contest Hall of Fame is John Slimer, VE3EJ, who's been an active contester and DXer since 1973. He's a founding member and the current president of the Contest Club Ontario. The CQ Amateur Radio Hall of Fame honors these individuals, whether licensed hams or not, who've made significant contributions to amateur radio, and those amateurs who've made significant contributions to either amateur radio, to their professional careers, or to some other aspect of life on our planet. The CQ Contest and DX Hall of Fame honors those amateurs who not only excel in personal performance in these major areas of amateur radio, but who also give back to the hobby in outstanding ways. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6 ITF. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4 FUQ. Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2011. Winter UHF VHF Field Day. Although the WIA Contest Manager has not supplied us yet with dates, we understand that the Winter UHF VHF Field Day is just around the corner, possibly on June the 19th. In VK2, CCARC, better known for their running of Australia's longest, biggest running hemp fest at Gosford, Wyong, will enter two teams in the UHF VHF field. VK2EH, stroke portable, and VK2WFD, stroke portable. VK2WFD, or if you like, VK2 wholly foundation driven, will be operated only by foundation licensed operators, with advanced licensee holders in attendance for supervisory duties only. To give some of the newer members of our hobby a taste of the fun of contesting and its procedures. VK2 WFD will be competing in the 8 hour section from 12 noon Saturday, 19th of June. So when you hear VK2 WFD during the contest, give them a call and welcome them to the world of contesting and this great hobby of ours. Tablelands Radio and Electronics Club Trek up here in far north Queensland has members Gary VK4 FD and Jeff VK4 BOF. On air looking for contacts for the VK Shires contest. Now using the Trek call sign, VK4WAT Portable, from the township of Mount Surprise, which is in the Etheridge Shire, ET4, in far north Queensland. And that will be on or near the following frequencies. 3, 3.1.5, 7.1.35, 14.1.90, 21.4.5, and 28.4.5.0. And of course those frequencies are plus or minus QRM. August 20 and 21, Worldwide International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. Special Event Stations, DX and Beacon and Net Advice. 
HF beacon call sign change. The HF beacon ZS4BOT transmitting on 7027 MHz is changing to ZS0BOT. ICASA contacted ZS4JAN and explained that the original call sign was issued incorrectly. ICASA explained that the call signs for all beacons will be changed to start with ZS0 prefixes. Pope Benedict XVI Croatian visit commemorated by Ham Radio. Ham Radio was a part of the celebration as Pope Benedict XVI visited the Republic of Croatia for the first time. This was between June the 4th and the 5th. The city of Zagreb was the host town during his stay in Croatia. The visit of Pope Benedict also inspired the members of the Croatian Flora Fauna Radio Club to activate the special call sign 9A16PB. The PB in the call sign is in honour of Pope Benedict. Hems in Croatia will keep 9A16PB on the air through June the 13th tomorrow. QSL this very special operation via 9A2MF. Indiex K0YAK is currently based at the US Embassy in Kathmandu, Nepal, and is active as 9N7AK during his spare time. He is expected that he will be there until early July using SSB and PSK31 on 20 through 10 metres. QSL should go via his home call sign K0YAK. PA4JJ will be active portable 9A from Perek on the Croatian mainland between June the 6th and the 24th. He will operate holiday style using Ritti and PSK31 most of the time. Again QSL via his home call sign PA4JJ. Broadcast monitoring SWL and scanner news. Portuguese broadcaster RDP has temporarily suspended the shortwave transmissions as of the 1st of June because of the low number of listeners and as a means of cutting costs. RDP said it would be reviewing the service to see whether it would go back on the air at a later date. Listeners around the world can still follow their favourite programmes via satellite, cable and internet. The Portuguese broadcaster said it was just one of many global broadcasters who are reducing or closing the shortwave transmissions. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Media Watch and the Enforcement Zone. SatNav jamming in the UK during September-October. Ofcom has announced that multiple jammers will be disrupting the SatNav GPS system around Stanford, East Anglia, in September-October. Between the 19th and 23rd of September, then the 3rd and 7th of October, right throughout the day. The total power of these jammers will be 10 watts EIRP, and it is stressed that as in previous exercises, safety of life operations will at all times take precedence over exercise activities. In Media Watch, another new broadcaster of this news joins the team. Hellenic Amateur Radio Association of Australia's VK3 repeater at Noble Park. Sundays, 9.30 on 439.425. That's VK3 RSV Noble Park. And also on Echo Link node 9698. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In South Australia's Riverland, listen for the broadcast every Sunday evening at 8pm local time on repeater VK5RLD 147.925. I'm Andy, VK5 Lima Alpha. A look at special interest group news. And September 23-28 in Region 3 will be an ARDF Championship. That'll be held at Bendigo. In Final Frontier news, the AMSAT VK unofficial HF net is the second Sunday each month. And right now, between April and through until October, it's held at 100 hours UTC on 80 metres, 3.685. 
and a KiwiSat update. Over 45 members attended the KiwiSat forum at the recent NZART conference. Now, very little news has come from what is expected to be a great feather in the ZL cap. Ian ZL1AOX ran a presentation which included a short video by Fred Kennedy, ZL1BYP, on the clean room at Macy University in Albany, showing the almost complete KiwiSat. Ian then introduced via Skype Clayton Gumbrell. Now, Clayton is VK1TKA, he's in Canberra, and he described the software development, a first at an NZART conference. Terry Osborne, ZL2BAC, completed the presentation showing his progress with the ground station telemetry decoding software. RSAT-1 is scheduled for deployment from the ISS in July. It has a composite VHF downlink that will easily fit into the FunCube dongle receive spectrum. The telemetry is 1000 BPS BPSK and can, of course, always be received with a normal SSB 2 metre receiver. The expected signal levels from RSAT should be similar to those we expect from FunCube itself and also eventually from UKUBE. And the team are keen to discover what will be the minimum and best type of antennas for schools to use with a FunCube dongle. Therefore, user experience with the RSAT signals will be very valuable in making this determination. To encourage everybody to receive RSAT signals, on offer from RSAT is a fun reward for listeners. A number of categories for this challenge, they include the first FSC user, that's the FunCube user, from each continent who can post a spectrum recording of the received signal together with evidence of decoding the data using the RSAT software and of sending it to the RSAT data warehouse. The second one is the first non-FunCube dongle user, again from each continent, who can demonstrate satisfactory reception on the telemetry in the same ways as we just mentioned using the smallest possible receive antenna. Number three is a listener using a FunCube dongle or not who can demonstrate satisfactory reception of the telemetry using the smallest possible receive antenna. Now, the actual closing date for this part of the challenge will be announced later on. And the fourth fun idea for all sorts of listeners will be other entrants who can demonstrate purely they've been having fun trying to decode. Now, all the information that you'll need to know for this is on the web at www.rsat1.org. And again, as we always say, all points of contact are always, from this news bulletin, in the text editions. And they, of course, are best read when you read the text edition on wia.org.au. Worldwide special interest groups, military and Commander Solo heard on new shortwave frequency. Commander Solo, the U.S. airborne radio station operating above Libya on behalf of NATO, has been heard using a new shortwave frequency, 10.125, that's 10.125, in USB mode, transmitting messages intended for Gaddafi's forces. This frequency is in the 30-metre amateur band, but is also used by the Libyan army. Commander Solo has previously used 6877 and 10404. The change in frequency is probably due due to the jamming by the Libyan army. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA. Now podcasting to the world.
Just on time to wrap up WIA National News for another week. On the social scene this weekend, June 11-12 in VK2 is Oxley Region's Amateur Radio Club's annual field day. July 16 in VK3, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest. July 31 in VK2 and 3, the Riverina Field Day, 10am at Lavington Scout Group Hall. August 7 in VK2, Lismore Region Sarkfest. September 11 in VK3 is the SADARC Comms Day at St Augustine's Hall at Shepparton at 10am. September 16-18 in VK4, the North Queensland Amateur Radio Convention in Townsville. We mentioned it before, September 23-28, to 28, Region 3's ARDF Championship in Bendigo VK3. September 30 to October 2, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM at Camp Fairburn. And November 20, VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at Goodwood at 9.30. Now, submitting news items. If you would like to submit news items for inclusion in the VK1 WIA broadcasts, email your item in text to nationalnews at wia.org.au. To submit audio, read how to submit items in the weekly news page on wia.org.au. And remember, the sooner you submit material, the more the likelihood of it being broadcast in the very next edition of WIA National News. And where to hear us? Well, all stations that reply with their callback figures each week to the tally sheet, those stations are up in print for everybody to see on the wia.org.au website. We have been asked how come uh, my station's not shown. Well, the only reason it's not shown is because we do not know that you're on every week. So, only the stations that are uh, letting us know appear on the wia.org.au website. And again, great to welcome our new broadcaster down in VK3 on 70 SEMS from the Hellenic Amateur Radio Association. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.